welcome back to another episode of the Elvis Reviews podcast. I am Billy, and my guest, as always, a guest, co-host, <laughs> um, is Daniel. Hello. Hello, Billy. Hello, everybody. We are here. You've probably already guessed from the title of this podcast episode that we are going to talk about... Okay, first of all, let's clear this up. The title. It's a self-titled album. Right. Which is the same as one of his very early albums. Yeah, his second album was also just called Elvis. Okay, so to make it easy, people just started calling this the Fool album, or Fool, because that was the first song on it. Is that right? Yes, and I think an early configuration of this album that Joan Deary was doing, I think Felton Jarvis, there was all kind of behind-the-scenes stuff going on with this album, but I think an early title of this album was Fool, and then Felton Jarvis got it back and they changed it to just Elvis. So I wonder if he even knew that that second album was also self-titled, because he wasn't around then. That's true. And I Um, doubt he went back and looked at every single album name and checked. Yeah. Well, this, this album has always struck me as like one of the most haphazardly compiled Elvis albums. That, that's a good word. That's a that's a good word to describe, yeah. it, I think. And a lot of that is, again, because behind the scenes, Colonel Parker was in the middle of renegotiating and basically told Elvis not to record anything new yeah. uh, until RCA had agreed to everything. And so most of this album was recorded, what, two years yeah. before it it's was released? Just, it's basically just an album of outtakes from old, <laughs> kind of. older sessions. It's like whatever they could scrape together. Like there was nothing recorded specifically for this album. Right. I feel like this album has like the seeds of three better albums. You know mm. what I mean? Like like a couple of songs, well, particularly when we get to side two, there's a few songs on side two that I wish was a whole direction for an album. And then there's a, a few which is just Elvis on the piano, which I would love a yeah. piano and a microphone Elvis album. Yeah. But instead we just get a little bit of everything. Yeah. So this... <laughs> Was this the first album after Aloha? Yeah. And this this sold a million copies, probably much more now, or some more. <laughs> well, it's weird because it was it was out of print for like twenty years. It was considered a pretty big flop, I thought at the time, mm. which really. is surprising because you'd think whatever he put out straight after Aloha would sell. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, Aloha had just come out, I think, in February, and this came out in June. So, I mean, I, I don't even know if Aloha was off the charts yet. Well, I, I found a couple of different release dates. I found one that said June. Uh-huh. I found another one that said July 12th. I found uh-huh. another one that said July 16th, <laughs> uh, 1973. So let's just say uh, one of those. the middle of 1973. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somewhere. Well, it's cool. It's got like that. I mean, it has one of my favorite covers because it's a picture of Elvis from the Aloha special. And of course, mm. the Aloha from Hawaii album has, to me, a terrible cover. And they weren't able to use any pictures from the, the show because they were putting the artwork together before the show was made. Yeah. So this has got that great cover that I can imagine people picking it up. But then, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just not a it, like you, like we both said. It's an album of kind of outtakes. It's a mishmash. Yeah. So this was. It all depends how you count it, but according to the internet, this was his 18th studio album right barely 26 minutes long it's probably <laughs> one of the shortest yeah yeah it's um it's really quick i mean yeah <laughs> and there's some stuff that they like the song we've talked about this a couple of times but this, there's a song called for the good times which yep. it did come out on madison square garden live but they had the studio version in the vault they didn't release it until 1996 officially oh, wow. yeah so i don't know why that wasn't well, honestly, for the good times should have been on the good times album, but mm. I don't know. It just it was just such, the whole album is just an odd bunch of choices. Well, let's get into this bunch of choices. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have track number one. It's called Fool. It is. So I have here Fool and Where Do I Go From Here were recorded in March 1972. Right. So more than a year before this came out. Yeah. Now, from what I can gather, this was adapted from an instrumental track by James Last. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, called No Words, which is on YouTube. Just search James Last No Words. Oh, wow. Okay. Full instrumental version. It's a very interesting listen mm-hmm. 
to know that that was the original because there's always like those elevator music, you yeah. know, Muzak right. instrumental covers of songs. Right. And that's sort of what that sounds like. But yeah, so it's weird to know that that was the original, but then Elvis did the cover yeah. with the vocals. But yeah, I like this song. It gets stuck in my head, especially the two or three key changes. Mm -hmm. The first key change in this is a 125. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another one at 204, but it's just funny that not even a minute and a half into the song, there's a key change. That's very early. Mm -hmm. Usually they're the last third or quarter of the song. It's an easy musical trick that people put in songs to try and like elevate it because it may be a bit boring. Let's make it a bit more exciting. Let's put a key change and we'll go mm -hmm. up a bit. This is just over a minute into the song and it's like key change. And it just, it's really strange to me to have it so early in a song. Um, one thing you'll notice mm -hmm. straight away is that all the songs on this album are too short. They're, They're very short. There's only one song on this album that's over three minutes long. Yeah. And it's... They're all like two minutes, two and a half minutes. And it's, it's very short. Yeah. Well, they were leftovers, like, you know, from other sessions. And uh, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. But the last thing I've got is one thing I, oh, it was familiar to me is at the end of each chorus, it's, um, it so much reminds me of another Elvis song, which I can't remember. And it's something we've done not that long ago. Hmm. And just the way that he sings it and the, the melody that he's singing, it's very similar to some other song. And as usual, I can't remember what it is. It's... Yeah, but I have a vague memory of the lyrics to this other song being something like, you're the last to know. Hmm. When in this song, he says, like, now the time is gone or something, yeah. he says. This feels to me like a very typical 70s Elvis ballad. Yeah, it's probably reminiscent of five other songs. But there's <laughs> just there's, one came to my head and I, I started singing this different line and I'm like, what is that? And I couldn't oh. figure it out. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can't place it either. Um it's a it's a cool song. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it came out as a single, but everybody paid attention to the B side, which was uh, "Steamroller Blues." Ah, uh, so yes. That kind of became the 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 bigger hit in a sense. Although there is a promo version of this. This is basically just trivia, but there's a, a promo of "Fool" where the flip side is not "Steamroller Blues." The flip side is a song that came out in 1969, but it was banned in the United States until the moon landing was safely carried out. So there's a promo with David Bowie's Space Oddity on the other side of what? Pool. Yeah, they're both, they were both on RCA. I don't entirely know. I mean, I don't know why this happened exactly, but I guess it wasn't that odd to put two different artists on two different sides of a promo. Wow, that is, I've never even heard of that happening. Yeah, it's, it's one of those rarities that I wish I could find if well if i were still collecting vinyl you wish you could uh, afford i've never even seen one for sale i've only just like read about it and books and i've seen pictures okay but, so uh, <laughs> wow um but yeah i love the song it was recorded at the same session that burning love was recorded oh, burning yeah. love should have been on this album perhaps but it was put on a pointless one of those albums yeah, yeah one of those away. albums with a bunch of movie <laughs> songs from 10 years earlier but yeah, uh, I, I like the part where he where he's just wordlessly singing it, kind of just this operatic thing that sort of builds. I've got see when I have too many notes, it's it's worse because then I either just have to read it or <laughs> just read them all. Uh, so it's basically a song where a, a guy berates himself from start to finish in the lyrics. So I could see why it might not be everybody's kind of thing because he really <laughs> all he does is call himself a fool throughout he, he is the titular fool of the song but yeah I, I like it i like that it's sort of the sort of delicate piano thing and mm. i don't really know music the way you do so i know what you're talking about when the key changes happen but when i was listening to it i just you know i didn't register what it was it was just cool uh, but yeah that's, that's kind of all i've got uh more trivia than anything else the line mm -hmm. in this song is when he says, but now the love is gone, uh -huh. at like the end of the... The love is gone, yeah, I know. Just before it goes into the bridge. There's some other song where he sings that almost exactly same melody, but it's, I'm sure he sings You're the Last to Know. Mm. But uh, we'll never figure it out. If anybody knows out there, send us an email, get us on Twitter, because it's going to drive me crazy till yeah, I know I what it is. Yeah, I can't that line. It's on one of these 70s albums, because that's what we've been yeah. doing lately. 
Yeah, I can't place it. Anyway, it's probably <laughs> just my brain just being right. stupid. It's probably nothing. All right. So that's all we got. Uh, we got a track two, which, again, recorded uh, maybe not the same day, but the same sessions, yeah. March 1972. Yeah. It's track two, Where Do I Go From Here? Now, I look this song up, right? The original uh-huh. is written by Paul Williams. Yep. And, okay, let me tell you about Paul Williams for a second. Mm-hmm. I looked him up. He's written a lot of songs. Including the lyrics For some to big names. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Carpenters, Barbara Streisand, Three Dog Night, Anne Murray, Helen Reddy. He wrote the yeah. theme song for the TV show, The Love Boat, the that, TV that's show. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one that I like. But most importantly of all, he wrote the Rainbow Connection for Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And he's been in like movies and TV shows. I've never mm-hmm. even heard of the guy. I don't even know who he is. Oh, okay. I thought you were just giving us a walk down his career. Oh, no, but no I, I've always definitely known who Paul Williams was since I was I, a kid. I look, when I saw the photos of him, I sort of recognized him. Like I've probably seen him in some 80s TV show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't a massive star. He's just yeah. one of those guys that are sort of around and he's like on TV now and then. And probably in America, he was a lot more seen than he was in Australia. Yeah, seen is but, probably the right word because I wouldn't say he was a massive star either. He was just kind of yeah. famous I mean, and mm. talented. I mean, he won an Oscar and a Grammy for that Barbra Streisand song. Mm. But yeah, I just kind of always, I think when I was really little, I'd have to look up the date. But you know that Randy Newman song, Short People? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember... Because Paul Williams is, like, super short. He's like Danny DeVito. Yeah, I saw height. some pictures, and, yeah, he was with other people, and I'm like, wow, he's he's little. Yeah, and I just remember as a child, I thought he was the person who sang short people. Mm. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense because he, <laughs> he is a short person. But I, in my head, somehow those two things were connected. But, yeah, I knew him uh, from a young age. So I, I went and listened to his version, mm-hmm. the original, I guess. It's a bit more acoustic guitar, sort of folk-sounding song. Mm-hmm. Drums come in later and there's a flute, but it's a pretty different version to Elvis's version. I mean, it's obviously the same song. Yeah. But Elvis's version, it's just more, it's more Elvis. It's more of yeah. TCB. It's it's that band doing what they do. Yeah. You know, there's just, a, there's a little bit of funky keyboards and guitar bits just here and there. There's some nice bass. But again, like I'll say about many songs on this album, it's just so short. You can easily play every, you can play the album twice straight through and you're not even going to make it to just over 50 minutes. Yeah. It's just, wow. The thing is, these these songs being short, like this song, it's two minutes and 41 seconds, but the song runs out of new lyrics at 110. And it's just, (laughs) the chorus is just repeated. And I have the same note for the next song, but even more so. So it makes sense that there's like a shortage it is of a short song because <laughs> you wouldn't want to go through the lyrics three times. Right. Twice is enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, anyway, that's that, that's all I've got, yeah. Well, yeah, one of my criticisms is too much chorus, not enough verses. I, just a lot of repetition. I like the song kinda and I kind of like the continuity from the first song being called Fool and this one I think the chorus is, where does a fool go when he's got no one to listen? Yeah, 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 so that's right. It's I noticed that. kind of neat. The second song in a row where the protagonist is a fool or calls himself a fool. I like the end of the chorus bit where he says, where do I go from here? Yeah. Where do I go from here? Because mm-hmm. it plays with the timing. It's just not straight, normal 4-4 right. timing. They play around with it and it's it makes you listen. It's like, oh, wow, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. I remember as a, when I first got this album, th- this song and the next song were the only two songs that I didn't have from other albums. And so, yeah, I was excited about this one. It's got a few lyrics I really like. I like uh, my childhood dreams and wishes still outnumber my regrets is a, mm. is a cool line, I think. Yeah, I don't, eh, I guess I don't have that much about this one. You know, I had the same thing being shocked that it was Paul Williams because I didn't um, realize that. That's one thing I've really liked about listening back to all these Elvis albums is like almost every song takes you down some other rabbit hole of somebody else who wrote it. Right. And then there's like four different covers from other famous people. <laughs> and it's like, there's so much to just go and listen to if you've got time. Right. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. I don't think I dug into that one very much. I didn't, I didn't go back and listen to the Paul Williams. It's, I think I'll check it out. It's just, again, you can tell it's the same song. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit more calm. Yeah. Well, there's one coming up on uh, side two of this album that Elvis completely changes from the original and just makes it way Mm. more powerful. So then, let's go to track three. It's Love Me, Love the Life I Lead. Yeah. What do you got for this one? I don't like this song. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? I really don't. 
I'm I'm pretty critical, I guess, of a lot of stuff. But but this is just a song that I literally think is a bad song. I, I think the lyrics are they don't ring true at all. All right, let me see what I've got written. I, I like the opening music. I like the strings, the organ, piano, bass. It, it sounds cool. I think I'm annoyed that the first line of the song is, I am not a wise man, neither am I a fool. It's like, you just spent the last two songs telling us you were a fool, and now track, yeah. track three, you're <laughs> not a fool anymore. So that's annoying. He learned, he learned. <laughs> right. But then the, the next line is, I, I'm what I am the way the good Lord made me. I just, I can't stand that line. It just, it sounds like Popeye. Like, I am what I am. But that's a normal Elvis. That's a normal it, line for Elvis to sing, though. It is, but then as the song goes on, he identifies himself as a an alcoholic and a gambler and money in yep, my pocket. And that's the way Lord made him. <laughs> yeah. And so don't try to change me. It's like, what the hell? This, I mean, this guy is a jerk, right? He won't improve himself. I, I, yep. I, I don't. He's just like, yep, this is how I am. Yeah, that's it. I am what I am. Don't try to change me. I'm, yeah. I, yeah. I, the song just bugs the hell out of me. Lyrically, it comes from somebody. <gasps> See, this just, is what you, this is what you get for listening to lyrics. <laughs> I know, I know, and I tried to stretch it. It's like okay, there's there's a line about I can't be free. He's got this life uh, uh, that he can't be free of, and I thought okay, maybe there's some autobiographical thing where he's talking about fame and he can't really be free of it. But then it gets to again, money in my pocket never seems to last too long. I gamble on the wind and drown my sorrows, and that's the life he can't be free of. <sighs> It's just the lyrics don't ring remotely mm. honest. He sounds great. It is another song that runs out of lyrics at minute 132 and then repeats yeah. for another 134, the same <laughs> chorus over and over again. He does sound good. It's the longest song on the album and it yeah. it feels this is the than only, Yeah, is. this is the only one over three minutes, just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a song I really, yeah, I just, I really do not like this song at all. It feels wow. completely false in in some way like the lyrics feel inauthentic and eh, the music's okay it's nothing i, I mean the <laughs> slow parts are kind of cool sounding i guess i don't know this is the only one i'm gonna trash on this album <laughs> but okay. yeah i'm not a fan of this i, I don't like the song really at all it just doesn't I, work see I, I barely take notice of lyrics mm -hmm. unless something really stands out the first thing I've got written is like, what's been missing up until this track is Elvis really belting out some good vocals and this is what we get on this track. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, chorus, he does do it well, but I, I'm so tripped up by the lyrics mm. to me feel so insincere that I just... Ah, see, this was <laughs> written by Roger Greenaway and Tony McCauley. Mm. Elvis was the first person to record, release it. Mm. Uh, I think the Drifters did a version as well later on. Oh, wow. Okay. But I do like this song because I don't really hear the lyrics. I just hear Elvis's voice singing. Yeah. Well, I, 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 again, I've said this before. I'm sure I'm missing, <laughs> maybe not in this case, but I'm sure I'm missing lots of things by not really listening to the lyrics that much. But I just like the sound of the band and the sound of Elvis's voice. Yeah. And it just gets stuck in my head, especially that bit just after the chorus with the strings and the piano and the bass, yeah. which I think you mentioned. That does have a nice dramatic kind of... Yeah. Sound to it, like the opening of the song is cool. And yeah, Elvis's voice sounds great. Probably the best vocal so far on this record. Mm. Performance, maybe. not lyrics. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I definitely prefer Fool. Oh, really? There's no big notes in but Fool? I, no, I That's guess what not I'm waiting really. for. Every song, it's like, oh, wait till the end, he's going to do something. <laughs> <laughs> well, toward the end, he's definitely kind of Fool, you didn't have to hurt her. Mm. He's, he's belting it out toward the end, I think. I don't know, maybe I'm not being fair to the song. <laughs> Oh, well, if we all agreed, it'd be boring. That's true. Uh, so, then let's go. It's track number four, It's Still Here. As you mentioned in the start, there's three songs on this album, which are just Elvis on the piano. This is one of them. Mm -hmm. But there is also a bass guitar on this one, and I think on all three of these piano tracks, there is at least one other instrument. Yeah, there's... There's bass guitar on this one, mm -hmm. which it took me a minute to realize, because I thought I wasn't paying that much attention. And then when I listen, I'm like, no, that's not piano. That's not Elvis playing that. Someone added bass to it. Yeah, exactly. Now, after so many of these 70s albums we've heard filled with Felton Jarvis and his strings and his orchestrations and backing vocals and horns and everything else in the kitchen sink, <laughs> it's so interesting to just hear Elvis at the piano. Mm -hmm. It's great. It does make me wonder, though, if Elvis recorded the piano first, maybe with the bass, and then the vocals on a separate take, or if he recorded it at the same time. I... 
it's. I bet he recorded. I think his vocals sound too focused mm. to think that he was also concentrating on playing the piano for a studio recording, like a proper recording. It's not just a yeah jam for fun. Well, but it is. There's a much longer version of it still here. Ah. And so I definitely, I mean, I can't say definitely, but it's 90%. I'm pretty sure it is Elvis at the piano because he just goes on and on. I didn't mean to cut mm. you off, but no, no. But yeah, I do think he is singing oh, and okay. playing at the same time. Well, there time. you go. Until we see a video footage, we'll never know. <laughs> right. Or someone who was in the room. Right. <laughs> if there's anybody left. Anyway, I do like it. You can really focus on his voice without all the bombastic stuff, yes. which you usually get. So it's really good. If you just want to hear Elvis's voice, just do what he does. This is one of the ones you can do that, and it's it's good. That's all I got. Yeah, I also like it, and I also like the whole concept of just Elvis and a piano, and some light overdubs don't bother me. Like, I don't mind the, the strings on Danny Boy or, yeah. you know, I don't mind that kind of non-intrusive accompaniment but just elvis and piano up front is great this is a song written by ivory joe hunter and elvis in the 50s and 60s had done three previous ones uh, my wish came true i need you so and ain't that loving you uh-huh. yeah so there's two ivory joe hunter songs on this album he uh and actually he tried to do another one when he was at the million dollar quartet thing with jerry lee lewis and carl perkins uh he asked if they knew this song but neither of them knew it uh-huh. elvis actually hung out with this guy at Graceland in 1957, Ivory Joe Hunter, he invited him out there. When I went back, I did listen to the original of this and thought it was going to be blues, and it's a complete country song. And so Elvis Elvis is different. There's a lot more lyrics to it, and it's a shame Elvis didn't have the lyrics in front of him. I'm pretty sure the way, a lot of the reasons Elvis was recording these old songs is everything came through Parker's publishing companies and all that so oh, yeah because because they owned right. it he could so play he was it. getting music he didn't that wasn't any good according to him and so he would just go back to these old songs but half the time he was just doing them by memory and i'm sure that's what this was as well i would just love a whole album of this i mean i'm gonna say the same thing for two other <laughs> tracks but i mean that's, let me guess you've already made this album right you've already put together an album full of elvis just and piano piano or i've something. done one with just elvis and acoustic guitar there's, oh, not, yeah. there's not enough Elvis with just a piano. There's not eight songs? There's, I mean, there's not ten Danny songs Boy out of the hundreds and hundreds we've got? Well, I guess, wow, I guess that's... old Shep. I'd have to really... I mean, he, there's got to be. I mean, I'm sure this must be at least a movie song or two. There's another thing for know. the listeners. Tell us all the songs <laughs> yeah. with just Elvis and piano. You can add a bass or a guitar to it, but not much more it's, than that. It's a... Let's get an album together. Let's yeah. sequence the album, Elvis on piano yeah. or Elvis acoustic. Elvis acoustic. <laughs> Because then you could do the, then you would definitely be able to you guitar could totally as well. An album then. But no, I found the same thing yeah. surprisingly with Frank Sinatra. I was looking for songs with just Frank and a piano. I could find two. There's a, a demo wow. of one for my baby, one for the road, but without all the overdubs, and send in the clowns. And that was, mm. yeah, you would think you'd be able to find a lot more of these recordings with just a vocal and a piano. Anyway, mm. I would absolutely, yeah, I would love an Elvis album of of that. You hear that? Estate? Elvis Estate? Yeah. Let's go. It's, it's amazing they haven't, there hasn't been one yet out of all the things they've released. Yeah, well, they've stripped down, you know, that, what was it called? Our Memories of Elvis was one that came out after he died where they stripped away a lot of stuff. In fact, there's a version of Fool that doesn't have all the background vocals that is better. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. I yeah, it's, it sounds more like the Jungle Room. In other words, it's really kind of just Elvis mm. with the sort of rhythm section that he worked with. But as far as strict just piano, not not much. So now it is uh, track number five, It's Impossible. Now, this is yes. very likely the most well-known song on this album. I think that's fair to say. Maybe not the Elvis version, but I, definitely yeah, Perry Como and the many, many other people who have covered it. Mm-hmm. So many. Andy Williams. Now, this is a is this the only live yeah. recording on the album. Yeah. In fact, it marks the first... Well, it basically marks the first time a, a live recording has appeared uh, okay. on a, a studio album. But technically, the song Tiger Man was on one of those sort of weird offshoot albums. It makes absolutely no sense. But the song Tiger Man from the 68 comeback was placed on the soundtrack to Flaming Star, except it wasn't even really the sound. Sa- uh, it's a very complicated uh, story. But yeah, it's basically the first live track on a studio album. Uh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not counting this, the soundtrack albums as... Well, yeah, it's a weird deal that... Studio albums, even though they are. 
technically, I it guess. It was actually <laughs> Singer Sewing Machines had like sponsored Elvis's 68 comeback. And part of the deal was they got to put out some kind of an album. Yeah, it's a weird. <laughs> they should have made a song a weird sort of about tangent. sewing machines and made him sing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the interesting thing about this song, it began the original version. I think a lot of people think is Spanish or Mexican. It's actually French. And it was originally written for Eurovision Song Contest, where it was unsuccessful. What year? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that had been going on. Yeah, I mean, Apple won Eurovision in maybe 74. Oh, that's right, huh? See, in the U.S., we have no... I mean, I guess I can't speak for all of us, but for the most part, yeah, Eurovision. Oh, Eurovision's been going for a long time. At least 50 years now, I guess, since it was in the early 70s. And it's not that easy to find, but I found what I... think is the original French version. It's by Colette Derial, and it's it's on YouTube. You can find it. Yeah. And yeah, pretty similar in French, obviously. Slightly different, but yeah. it's you know it's the same song. And so then there was there was a Spanish version, and a few other countries did versions until then. I think it was 1970. Sid Wayne translated, you know, wrote English lyrics set to the music. Perry Como oh. recorded that for his 1970 album called It's Impossible. That single became one of Perry's biggest hits, reaching number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Also reached number one on for four weeks on the Billboard Easy Listening chart. And I listened wow. to Perry Como's version. It's fairly similar. They've both got the strings. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of difference. And then you get to the Elvis version, which is what we're here to talk about. And I don't have that much to say about it. <laughs> uh, it's a bit more... I keep using the word bombastic, but you know, it's got the horns and yeah. the strings and the backing vocals. And th- that's that's what I mean when I say bombastic. Right. This might have all of that, but it's, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this has happened yet on this show. But in this case, I think I might have to say I actually prefer the Pericoma version. Oh, wow. Which I didn't think I'd be saying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's, I don't know. Elvis he's- is great. He sings it great. There's nothing wrong with Elvis's version. Right. I just think maybe Perry Como's voice suits the song better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, there's just something that makes me think that's the slightly better version. Elvis's version, it's not too overblown. It could have been worse. <laughs> and I like that one just fine. Mm-hmm. It's Again, it's probably the most well-known Elvis track on this album. But yeah, Perry Como, who would have thought? <laughs> um, <laughs> I did go back and listen to his. His is, is a, a more relaxed kind of vocal, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I guess just in general. Yeah, I Perry. mean, that's his whole that's his whole exactly. style, yeah. Yeah, so I... It is the easy listening, yeah. Perry Como. I, I did kind of like the extra strength Elvis gives it, particularly on the repeated part when he... Um, Can the ocean stop from rushing to the shore? Uh, well, there's a, there's a few lines in this that I really like, the way Elvis delivers them with that typical Elvis sort of power that... I like yeah. Perry Como. I like that kind of Perry Como. I love Dean Martin. So I, I like that style of singing, but yeah, something about the way Elvis th- does just this power in his voice that it gets to me every time. Which is weird to me because, I mean, that's one of the big reasons why I like Elvis is he's got that power in his mm-hmm. voice. I've never really got into, I've never really listened to that sort of... Crooner? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, they started back in like 50s and 40s yeah. even doing stuff like that and it's just never been anything I've been attracted to but I, then I listen to this Perry Como version and I'm like maybe I'm just getting older I don't know <laughs> but, but oh, I like well. that sort of thing oh, well, Dean that Martin. song in particular but I think I might be going back and listening to some of that stuff now see again oh. talk about rabbit holes that you get from one Elvis song now I'm yeah. going to discover a whole genre which I've never really even listened to well I highly recommend Dean Martin which was yeah. Elvis's favourite singer allegedly when he went into Sun Records originally uh-huh. um but uh, yeah, this this song is just, I love this kind of song. I like overblown, super romantic ballads where people like offer to sell their soul to buy the world and stuff. Uh, yeah. I like this kind of thing. So yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it either. I, I did go back and listen to Perry Como and Andy Williams. Like them both. It's a good song. I, I've not heard a bad version of it. But yeah, the Elvis one in this case does really get to me. I, his voice does it more than Perry's for me on this mm. track. Well, yeah, check out the original French one, yeah. Colette Derial, D-E-R-E-A-L. It took some searching, but I found it eventually. Yeah, I will have to do that. And, uh, yeah, if you search Colette Derial, don't search for It's Impossible because it's got a French name, which I don't have in front of me right now. <laughs> Probably C'est Impossible. 
No, no, it was something. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, it took some searching, but I found it eventually. Oh, cool. I'm pretty sure it's on, if you look up It's Impossible on Wikipedia mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's... and search through all the details, you'll probably find someone talking about the original French version. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the end of side A. Yeah. And, I mean, we say it's a, a live track, but you don't hear a sound during the song. No, you hear that? You just hear the clapping at the end and maybe at the start? Yeah, well, one person whistles in the very opening part of the song before the lyrics but there's a very clear loud oh, yeah, yeah. whistle in the, st- in the beginning of it yeah I just I just heard it <laughs> yeah other than that you're right it's yeah if they could get rid of that audience noise at the end it's a studio track <laughs> pretty much and maybe the whistle <laughs> I don't know how many how much of those strings were overdubbed but I would imagine a lot I mean he had a yeah. full orchestra but the strings still seem like they might have been put in afterwards but anyway did he always have <laughs> all these strings on stage he didn't well, the Joe Gershaw Orchestra accompanied him yeah. a lot. I, I mean, he introduces him on tour, I think. So, yeah, I think, I think maybe so. I mean, he must have had a string section. Yeah, I think maybe so. He definitely had horns. Because I haven't watched any like live Elvis videos for quite some time, yeah. and I just don't even recall seeing them on stage. But I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they're there. I've just, it's just not in my memory. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they were in an... Well, I mean, not every place he played had like an orchestra pit, but mm. I wonder... That might not have been on the stage. Yeah, yeah someplace you like... See, when, I th- when I think of the band, I just think, well, there's Ronnie Tutt and there's James right. Burton and there's the piano guy and the, the bass guy. Just The strings just never even enter my brain. Yeah, but when he would do stuff like... Though they must be. Yeah, there. like My Way and... I mean, yeah, he had to have yeah. some strings up there. Anyway, anyway it's the end of side A. We're going to side B. Yes. Track six, track one, whatever you want to call it. It's That's What You Get For Loving Me. Love this song. Well, you can guess this might be my favorite song on the I, album. My first note is possibly my favorite <laughs> from the album. <laughs> oh, there you go. You know, I like the upbeat songs, and this is just great. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. That's what I want from a song. I love the drums. I like this little guitar that's like just doing little solos at like the end of almost every line that Elvis mm-hmm. sings. It's just do 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 do. It's so good. And I like the gone 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 part with the backing vocals. That's really good. Everyone just sounds like they're having fun. Oh, I don't know what else I can say. It's two oh nine, approximately. Yeah. If there was like a ten minute jam of this, there might be a longer version. Uh, I want to listen listen to that. Me too. Because it's just good. Yeah, that's all I gotta uh, say. Yeah, I, also probably possibly my favorite song on the album. I want a whole album of this. Mm. And um, coming up at the end of this one is uh, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, which there is a 10-minute version. Which does have a yeah. long jam version. But yeah. that song plus this song plus, I don't know, th- that's the second album I was talking about. I wanted to have a piano album that the seeds are on this one, and I wanted to have this kind of an album of just, is it country? Is it folk? I don't know what to call this song. It's yeah, good. It's, it's, yeah, it's, at first listen, you'd be like, oh, it sounds like a country yeah. song. But You know what it really sounds like to me? It reminds me a lot of Big Boss Man and Guitar Man and U.S. Mail. That, that stuff he did with Jerry oh, yeah. Reed. They had like one session that uh, Jerry Reed stormed out of because, again, something to do with the publishing rights. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's got that probably definitely some sub- genre of country like right. i mean it's not bluegrass but it's like oh, yeah. it's on the way there yeah, yeah, yeah there's no banjo but it's got that guitar doing that sort of thing yeah it does like plucking kind of a yeah it's a great great song yeah. one thing that's cool about it is in most of these songs elvis the the protagonist of the song is usually a victim uh usually you know some love affair gone wrong but in this one he basically is a jerk he, he kind of he plays the protagonist of this song is not a nice guy and it's it's just kind of mm. cool to hear Elvis dig into that because he really didn't get to do that very often in, in songs. It was usually he was the victim. He was sad, you know, but this one he's just saying, sorry, that's what you get. And when you get over me, I'll probably be I'll be back again. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Like we both said, probably my favorite on the album. Yeah. I mean, over it's impossible. Oh, which for sure. To some people might be crazy. Because I'm sure there's people who love that to song. To me, I mean, like I was thinking It's Impossible is almost a, like a guilty pleasure because it is such easy listening. Overblown. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it's held in much higher regard, but that's the way I thought of it. To me, yeah, this is far and away better than that song for oh, enjoyment. Ah, okay. oh, the drums. The drums are good. Just listen to the drums <laughs> when you listen to this song. Oh, and there's a harmonica going as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it really it's good is. stuff. 
Oh, written by Gordon Lightfoot. That's what I was going right. to say. Right, and I think Elvis... Now, that's a name that I mm-hmm. recognise, like Gordon Lightfoot Band, maybe, but I couldn't tell you a single song. I just recognise the I name. I think Early Morning Rain is another Gordon Lightfoot song that Elvis recorded. He recorded Ooh, okay. Yeah, he recorded that it one. at the same session, in fact, in March of 71. Yeah, I, I can't think of any others, and I don't think I've ever actually listened to Gordon Lightfoot, but yeah, I know of him as a as a big songwriter, like a Leonard Cohen or mm. somebody. And it's a name you recognize too, because right. it's not a common name. I think he's uh, Canadian. In fact, I know for a fact mm. he's Canadian. Actually, listening to this song, I can almost hear like the same sort of vibe as Early Morning Rain. Oh, for sure. It is a yeah. quite similar song that, in some ways. On the wow, okay. imaginary album in my head, yeah, this song, Early Morning Rain, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Not sure. Mm. Well, I would love, I mean, Guitar Man, Big Boss Man, all those I think would all fit in. Okay, we're going to track number seven. It's called Padre, which I'm pretty sure means father. (laughs) It does. I had no idea what this song would be when I first Mm. saw the title, but within about five seconds, I'm like, okay, I I get what this is, Mm -hmm. this sort of vibe. It's just got that, I don't know what sort of style it is i'm sure it's like a it's got a name <laughs> it sounds like it should be in an old uh, it's, western it, it's not like a bossa nova Mm-mm. it sort of sounds like mexican like with the horns and stuff i don't know if mexican is a style <laughs> i'm sure there's a name for it i just Latin? don't know maybe maybe anyway again listeners let us right. know tell us why we're so stupid we don't know what sort of genre this song is but yeah i like his voice the music is it doesn't blow me away. Mm-hmm. It's not your standard Elvis mm-hmm. song. Like I really, I do like those horns yeah. with that sort of mariachi band sound I've got yeah. going. There's some great high notes from Elvis near the end, but that's really the standout for me. Like the rest of the track is, I don't know. It's it doesn't blow me mm. away. I like how there's a few notes he really hits hard, yeah. just out of nowhere, like the things yeah. I've done. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, where'd that come from? Okay. And then the funny thing is, even when you've heard it 10 times, it still surprises me every time, even when I know it's coming. Yeah. But just the power, it's it's just so great to hear. But yeah, that's all I got. This song does kind of blow me away. And I don't think I've ever listened to it less than twice. Mm. And especially that, that, that line that you mentioned where he just really sings out or screams out, tell me how such things can be. Man, it's Mm. just like... I mean, it's not just, it's similar to a song called Heart of Rome that we haven't gotten to yet, or Spanish Eyes. It's a little bit similar to a song called El Toro from the Fun in Acapulco soundtrack with the the castanets. Also, his song Charo from the the Western has this very similar kind of a vibe. In fact, the whole song sounds like it could be like a subplot in a Clint Eastwood movie or something. Like, it it just belongs in a Western or something to me. Oh, uh, the original Marty Robbins version is much quieter and it doesn't end on that big screaming note that Elvis hits. It just kind of slowly mm. fades away. Let's see what else. I've got a bunch of stuff here written about, well, there are a lot of versions of this song actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to me, this one, I'm trying to decide if this is worth getting into. To me, I like this one because it sort of humanizes Elvis's religious image, I guess, if that's the right word for it. He put out like three gospel albums at this point. Four if you count, you'll never walk alone. But anyway, those are just, you know, your standard praise God, God is good. You know, your standard gospel songs. And so it's really interesting to hear Elvis in a song like this where he's screaming out to God, tell me how such things can be. There's two songs where the other one is called where did they go lord and it's almost the exact same plot of this song the woman leaves and he's where did they he's wondering where the love went and so i know there's something to me that i really like about these two songs because it just makes elvis seem more human in in that he would sing this he wasn't he wouldn't stay away from this because it sort of was questioning how how can terrible things happen how can god let this happen Mm. yeah i don't i don't think i explained that very well but (laughs) <laughs> but it's a, it's a song I really like, and that is one of the reasons it really stands out to me, because it's it's not your typical praise God, God is good song, but it's but it's kind mm, of a religious yeah, song. Yeah. And in fact, the first time I heard it was on a religious compilation after Elvis died called Where No One Walks Alone, I think. I don't know. It was it was thrown together, but but this was on there and it was my favorite on there. It's still my favorite of any of his sort of religious themed songs. For me, it was a tie uh, between this song and the previous one. That's what you get for loving me for my favorite. Because this vocal is, mm. this vocal does blow me away. 
the, it's something yeah. different for sure. Uh, but that line, especially, tell me how such things can be the way he just, ah, oh, just, yeah. yeah, I really like it. Hits it. He hits it. Because I listened to a, I think it's the original version. It's by Tony uh-huh. Arden and it's from 1958. Yes, 58. Uh, she's, and she sings it fairly oh, okay. similar. I heard the Marty Robbins version, which I thought was the original, but it might not be. I don't know. I This one I saw said, uh-huh. yeah, it's Tony Arden with vocal, with chorus mm, and okay. orchestra. And it's basically just her and like an organ and strings and I think some mm-hmm. backing vocals as well. But yeah, interesting. <laughs> listen, have a listen to that one. But yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. that one. If I had any tiny complaint about the song... Very small, oh, very small lyrical complaint is um, the day that we wed, you blessed us and said, may heaven bestow you grace. There in the holy place, we shared our first embrace. Uh, so their first hug was in church at their wedding. That's weird, but I won't, I'm not going to dwell <laughs> on that. But if I had to, if I had to say anything that bugged me about that song, it's definitely that mm. one. But I, interesting, that, that, interesting. honestly, the song blows me away. <laughs> it is a, one of my favorite Elvis vocals, maybe even like top, five or oh wow definitely okay. top 10 but maybe top I'll, five i'll put it in the top 10 of unique elvis vocals well, but i wouldn't say the best i think it's just the way he the last line and the line that we keep talking about tell me how such things can be i mean that's just the yeah. only i can't think of another example where he just kind of he's like a wounded animal crying out to god it's just it's mm. so emotive yeah it's i would put the vocal in my in my top five i think that i personally really enjoy holy dooly <laughs> okay then so then we'll go to track number eight it's i'll take you home again kathleen this is possibly my least favorite track mm. first of all because i just really don't like the name kathleen <laughs> so we're off to a bad start already <laughs> this is another one which is elvis at the piano this one has string accompaniment mm-hmm. but yeah i just find it pretty boring I, I don't know what else I can say. There's just, there's nothing in this song that makes me yeah. think, oh, I, I want to keep listening to this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That, what about you? You like, you like this sort of song. I do. I mean, that, what you said feels like a completely valid criticism. The song was written in 1875. I okay. don't know <laughs> if it's his oldest. Uh, Danny Boy was 1912, I think. I can't listen to this without thinking of Danny Boy because they've, they both feel like this ancient Irish sort of uh, ballad with piano and string overdubs. They they really remind me and of each Kathleen's other. And Kathleen's a fairly common Irish name, I would guess. Yeah, well, I think so. But I, I don't know. I like it. I feel like it gets a little better as the song goes forward. Yeah, I, it's hard to... Oh. I, there's nothing in the song that I really... There's no lyrics that I'm really into or there's no... Like, I, yeah, I couldn't I, tell you one thing in this song that i can remember oh i could there's nothing memorable it just (laughs) it starts and it ends and there was something in between (laughs) um well no i could probably recite all the lyrics by heart but i well (laughs) i could do that with almost any other song usually but yeah i everything you said is true so i don't i can't really like defend it i guess it's either (laughs) you enjoy it or you you like it or you don't yeah i think it's a nice you know uh demonstration of elvis piano and voice yeah, it's it's yeah. just you're right. It's just there. I, I can I can say that though. Yeah. Again, if you want to listen to Elvis, just Elvis and piano, and focus on that, maybe with some strings. Yeah. This is the song for you. Yeah. <laughs> and if your name's Kathleen, I guess you love this song. I think it's interesting that he was that he chose to record it. It again kind of demonstrates what I one of the things I always love about Elvis is he just didn't put himself into any musical box. I mean, it's got to yeah. be odd in 1970. One, he decides to record I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen, <laughs> at like probably at two o'clock in the morning on May 19th. I mean, you know, yeah. he just sat down at the piano and decided I'm going to do this. So I, I, I appreciate that because it's it's a very eclectic choice. And that's one of the things that makes Elvis fun to listen to because his, his choices are so interesting and varied. Okay, so we're going to go to track number nine, I Will Be True. Yes. Another song, Elvis on Piano. Now, a name we've already heard so far is Ivory Joe Hunter. Uh, He wrote this song. You can find his 1952 version. It's on YouTube. Elvis apparently loved it and wanted to record it himself. So for the second time on this album, I'm finding I think I prefer the original version. Yeah. Like, we always say that Elvis covers a song and he makes it his own, but so far, twice on this album, in my opinion, he didn't quite manage 
to pull that off. Like, apart from mm. his voice, I don't see what he brought yeah. to the song, which is unusual. But then I think the fact that some of these, like, just Elvis at the piano tracks might not have even been recorded for release. They were just playing around right. in the and studio. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel to try to get this album together. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And he just, yeah, he might have just recorded it for, mm-hmm. for something to do. It wasn't like, I'm going to work this song up and make it a great studio track. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay. I prefer the original. I do too. One thing I did notice about this song is there's a few parts in it which I keep, I mm-hmm. do this all the time, but I know for sure there's some parts of this song which are very reminiscent of Bridge Over Troubled Water. I could, and, yeah. and once I've said that, go back and listen to it and you should hear it straight away. There's just a few lines, like the melody's very similar and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. What, what? Yeah, I can kind of hear what you're talking about, I think. It's just at the end of one or two lines, there's like a very similar melody and then you just want to start singing the Bridge right. Over Troubled Water <laughs> Sail on part. So, and you're like, oh, no, that's not this song. Um, I like it. It, it reminds me of, a, of another Elvis song, but only lyrically. Uh, in 1961, he, he's got a song, one of the few where it's just him and an acoustic guitar, called In My Way. And it's about, uh, the lyrics are, I'll be true to you in my way. It's, it's real similar to this. But yeah, it's about, I, I like the lyrics of this. It's about a it's a song about a guy pledging to be faithful to a girl that has moved on. It also reminds me a little bit of, there's a line in the Leonard Cohen song, Bird on a Wire. It says, if I was ever untrue, it was never to you. It's interesting what, what's meant by the word true, I guess. So I, I'm always kind of fascinated by the, the lyrics in this one. Gosh, I don't have very much written down here for the next two, actually. Well, I mean, there's there's not much. What else can you say about Elvis at the piano? His voice is good. The piano's okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. If you're especially if the lyrics don't mean anything, I can't see how yeah, you can get too much out of this song because it's really just pretty perfunctory piano with Elvis's great voice, but I like the original better as well. But it, yeah, it is a song I like just because it resonates with me lyrically. I mean, it's a nice sounding yeah. song. But yeah, <laughs> I can play it on GarageBand <laughs> piano. I looked at this is one oh, yeah. that sounded simple enough that I just looked up the chords and <laughs> and can play it. But yeah, it's a pretty pretty basic song. I like so it. So then but. it's track number 10. It's Don't Think Twice. It's all right. A Bob Dylan track. I listened to the Bob mm. Dylan version. Man, that was a punishment. I cannot <laughs> stand Bob Dylan. His voice is just bad. I don't mm. care what anybody says. Maybe he writes great lyrics. Maybe he's a great poet, but he cannot sing. Yeah. Um, yeah. He can talk, <laughs> but singing is not his, uh, his, um, his expert yeah. subject. <laughs> Anyway, that version, it's just guitar, harmonica, and Dylan's voice. Not much there for me. At least the Elvis version, it's more up-tempo. It's got the good backing band behind it. We already mentioned there is a, a long version of this. It's like nine minutes, ten minutes. Eleven. Eleven the minutes, com- 25 seconds. That's the one. The complete yeah. unedited RCA master. It's mm-hmm. on YouTube. Go and listen. That's good stuff. I mean, he does basically repeat the yeah. same two verses over and over, but it's good because, again, it's just a good fun. Listen, there's nothing serious there's nothing happening just just enjoy yeah. it again it reminds me of a track i'm not sure if it's like snowbird or that Ten Thousand years ago oh it might be song it might be that one, one of those has a similar sound to this but yeah that's all i've got it's the long version is much much superior <laughs> yeah i agree this was indeed they were just screwing around in the studio and uh, you know somehow this one started getting played I think four days later, when he was in the studio, Elvis recorded a few lines of I Shall Be Released, another Bob Dylan song. So he must have been listening to Dylan in 1971. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I like this. I like this version. I haven't gone back and listened to Bob Dylan's in a long time. Oh, Does don't, it have don't, long- don't do it if you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine it has a, a bunch more lyrics that Elvis didn't sing, probably. I didn't notice. It was hard enough just to get uh, through the track. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it either. It, it's just like you said, it's a really fun studio jam where Elvis... That's the best part in the song. <laughs> he only knows some of the lyrics, and so he's just going... There's a, like a version of Lady Madonna that's like that, that Elvis is just jamming on. But yeah, I, I, yeah. you know, it's a great song. I'd like a whole album of this. This plus uh, That's What You Get For Loving Me. Oh, yeah. That, that would yeah, be good. Like I said earlier. So Yep. Yeah, I have nothing new to add to it. I like that lyric, when when the rooster crows. Not to break it on. That sticks yeah. out to me. Yeah. And then I think like every second verse, he starts with, <laughs> <laughs> and every yeah. time it's like, yeah, that's yeah. good. 
Well, it's like the part because again, he's just he's just playing around. It's yeah. good fun. Well, that's like the part in uh, uh, that's what you get for loving me, where he's like, boom, 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 boom. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. These are just good stuff. Yeah, the fun songs on this album. Well, side two of this album is way better than side one, I would say, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I've got nothing else for uh, Don't Think Twice. Another good thing in this song is just whoever's doing those guitar solos, mm. they're great. Yeah. Wh- I really like the guitar solos in that. I wonder if that's James Burton or... Probably, yeah. If it's not James Burton, let us know. We could be wrong. It has happened before. Yeah. That's it. That's the album. We're going to wrap this up quick because we've talked long enough. This is the conclusion. (laughs) I will quickly say the songs are too short. Mm -hmm. This album's a bit of a mishmash collected from bits and pieces, leftover studio tracks. And I I can't be the first person to say this. It just seems like a cash-in after Aloha, right? Well, if... Let's just get some tracks out because... Aloha was big. Let's get an album. Well, I think there was a contract already in place. So the album was coming out oh, anyway. Okay. But <laughs> what's a shame is that they were in the middle of negotiations. So Elvis did not go back into the studio and really put out a great follow up to Aloha. Instead, you get mm. you get scraping, you know, leftovers from the studio. So that's a shame. For me, Padre is a just a knockout, one of his best. And there's enough good tracks on this album that I would definitely kind of recommend it. Rate it. <laughs> yeah, for side B alone. It's it's worth getting, I think. Oh I suddenly I'm reviewing it. We haven't really <laughs> we haven't really done it that way the whole time. But. So that was the self titled album called Elvis Presley. The second self titled album. Or Fool, if you will. Right. So that's it. It's an easy listen. It's a Very, short listen. Yeah. Not one of my favorites we've that we've reviewed. A few good songs, like you said. There's a few good, just fun tracks. It definitely reminds me of another album we're going to be doing soon called Elvis Now. It's oh yeah, real similar mix of just what was oh, around. Oh, I do have to say, we did get an email. We got an email. Yeah? It was just really quick from Hunter Barrett. Okay. And he says, would you please review the That's The Way It Is album? Oh. That is on the list. It is. Don't you worry. We've got the next one or two already sorted. But after that, That's The Way It Is will yeah. be coming soon. So, yes, thank you for the email. We like emails. We don't get a lot, (laughs) but we got one. Actually, we've had a few, few, but not enough. Send send us an email. Oh, I should say the email address. It is elvisreviewspodcast at gmail.com. Very easy. We're also on Twitter. Yeah, we're on Facebook too. But that's all we've got to say. The music's fading in. That's all. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Come back next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.